This is the Fenway Rundown, the premier podcast for all things Boston Red Sox. You know, people harp on the last place thing, but essentially what's important is the record. If the Red Sox want people to start thinking the ownership cares, then maybe they should talk. This is the Fenway Rundown, brought to you by Mass Live. Here are your hosts, Chris Cotillo and Sean McAdam. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Fenway Rundown podcast. I'm Chris Cotillo, Sean McAdam alongside. We have a newsy pod today. We had our grades report card earlier in the week on Tuesday. It's Friday, October 13th, and we are re-recording this first part of this podcast because there have been some developments in the last let's call it 12, 16 hours in regards to the Red Sox GM search that we have been working to unearth. Nothing uh, crazy newsworthy in terms of who they have interviewed. We can confirm Eddie Romero has already had his interview, the assistant GM of the Red Sox, and, and that has happened. The newsworthy stuff here, Sean, is who is not going to interview. And while we don't have that exact list, the word we're getting from everywhere, your sources, my sources, everybody in baseball, is that the Red Sox are having a very hard time getting even their perceived top candidates to want to come to Boston. You wrote about it this morning. I've written about it as well. Um, it's a tough look for the Red Sox, and there are reasons for that, as you wrote. Yeah, this doesn't come as a huge surprise to either of us, Chris. And before we go much further, may I speak on behalf of all listeners and wish you a Happy birthday today. Uh, I hope that attention on this platform earned you some money in some weird fashion, but we won't get into that. Um, This isn't terribly surprising that they're being met with um, less than enthusiasm from a lot of potential candidates throughout the game. And the reasons are pretty obvious. One, this will be the fifth head of baseball operations for this organization since 2011. That's a lot of turnover and not much job security in a tough market to work and for owners who can be demanding and, let's face it, somewhat fickle. Uh, The other element that we're starting to hear is that people are put off by inheriting uh, a, a lot of former employees, not just manager Alex Cora. I actually think Cora is the least of the issues here. I think the majority of people interviewing for this post would probably be okay with having Alex Cora as their manager, at least in 2024. But it isn't just inheriting Alex Cora. It's inheriting the entire baseball infrastructure at Fenway Park, where you're getting numerous people in the front office who have been part of the organization for literally decades with department heads who are kind of dug in and uh, the, the the sense that people are getting is that you can't bring with you a lot of people that you might want to head up scouting, head up international scouting, head up uh, your minor league development system. They're essentially saying, this is a turnkey operation. We're going to hire you and we already have the people in place. Well, not surprisingly, a lot of those people are saying, thanks, but no thanks. I want the ability to bring in people I've worked with, people I'm comfortable with, and not have this already set up uh, staff that is essentially being forced on you. I talked to a very well-known baseball person last night who said this job has not been easy to fill. 
a former National League general manager, as I wrote, said it's just not an attractive gig. I mean, these are not things we're making up. This is not speculation. This is the actual perception from people who have been in the chair in the past in different places, people around the game hearing things. And look, what we can tell you at this point is that, you know, it's not just the they can't lure Derek Falvey, Chris Antonetti, those number ones from other places. Like, we expected that to be the case. We know Mike Hazen got an extension. You know, same as last time around, they're not going to be able to get those number ones from other places. Um, with the exception of Kim Ang, I think her contract situation is still a little bit murky. So, as I wrote, that seems to be, um, you know, not completely ruled out just because we don't know if she's returning to Miami. The concern here is that the types of people that people are speculating about that are turning this job down or turning down the possibility of interviewing are the people that would seem to want to make the leap. Now, we have not confirmed the names of exactly who's declined. There's a lot of rumors going around about you know this person or this top perceived candidate or this top perceived candidate, but it's the people that you think would be willing to come, the people with in some cases, Boston ties, the people that are, you know, number twos in different spots, uh, the types of people that you would think would absolutely love the opportunity to interview, some retread types, guys who have had jobs in the past and would be looking to get in. Um, and, you know, there's just this thought that nobody really um, wants it. And that is, I think, as I said, extremely concerning to the Red Sox. At the end of the day, it is one of the 30 jobs. They're going to find a qualified person. Um, I think that the developments that we're hearing do help Eddie Romero. He clearly wants it. He did interview. We can confirm. Uh, very close relationship with Alex Cora. Knows the organization in and out. But for an organization preaching change and the importance of change, I think that you know uh, there's going to be some people that would be a little frustrated with the fact an internal person was getting hired. He's very qualified. He seems to you know, obviously know what he's doing and has been with the organization for nearly 20 years. But um, there's people in that organization that think they need real change and internal hire might not get that uh, might not get that done uh, as much. I, I do think there we do have to talk. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Just to jump in, Chris, and I, I think that the you know the the notion that. Um, they could use somebody from the outside to provide fresh perspective is absolutely true. But I think it's also true that they have uh, set this up so that even one person coming in, as Hein Bloom did, um, does not necessarily have license to change things dramatically. If you are the new person in charge and you're coming from outside the organization, yes, you're going to bring a different outlook, a different viewpoint, and that's all encouraged. But if the surrounding cast has been there for a long time, how much change are you really going to affect? And the surrounding cast, as you mentioned, Eddie Romero, been there since 2006, Raquel Ferreira um, hired around that time, and it's been an assistant GM now for the last few years. And Brian O'Halloran stayed with the organization. Obviously, he's been there for about 20 years in a variety of roles, most recently GM under Heim Bloom. He's in a different role, but, you know, it's probably tough for this new person to come in and have this guy who knows the organization as well as anybody who is just in, you know, a higher role than he's in now. And there's that to work out. I mean, there are real concerns, as you said. The name that you reported this morning in your MLB notebook, Red Sox have some interest in. Former Marlins president of baseball operations, Mike Hill. 
he works for Major League Baseball at this point. I think he's kind of in charge of handing out discipline and the on-field stuff and all that, in addition to some other things. But, Sean, what can you tell us about the pursuit of Mike Hill at this point? Yeah, Hill's a guy that has a pretty impressive resume. Um, He's done literally everything in the game from playing in the minor leagues for two or three years, um, being drafted. uh, uh, He played both football and baseball at Harvard, was drafted by uh, the Texas Rangers in the 31st round, played a couple of years. His career came to an end and then started working in baseball in a number of front offices. He was with the Tampa Bay Rays briefly, then the Colorado Rockies, and for most of his tenure, the Florida Marlins, working his way up the ladder to become general manager and then president of baseball operations. He's a bright guy who a lot of people like. Um, the, The track record, frankly, in Miami wasn't great. A lot of that was because of you know, dealing with Jeffrey Loria for much of his tenure, a very eccentric and combative guy who uh, was a controversial figure, difficult to get along with. And uh, he did not authorize much in the way of spending. We know that in the exodus of great players that have come out of the Marlins, uh, you know, from Giancarlo Stanton to Christian Yellick and and a number of other stars that the team was sort of forced to deal off because of financial limits. Uh, he did make some uh, solid trades, uh, you know, dealing for a number of pitchers, inclu- including former Cy Young Award winner Sandy Alcantara and Zach Gallon, a pitcher close to your heart. Um, so there, there were some positive moves there, um, but... Uh, you know, a guy who's now working in the commissioner's office as a senior vice president for on-field operations. Um, and, and Frank, you know, we should add that we don't know Michael Hill's interest in this. He could be another who has said thanks, but no thanks. Uh, we know that from talking to people who know Hill well and have known him for a long time, that he has said he would like to get back into the day-to-day running uh, of a major league team. He would relish the right opportunity, whether he sees this as the right opportunity is, is unknown, but it's the one guy we know that the Red Sox have targeted and to the best of our knowledge has not declined an interview yet. And that's sort of the sad state that this search is in. You know, we heard Sam Kennedy say, at the end of year press conference that, you know, this is the Boston Red Sox as if, you know, don't worry, we're not going to have a tough time attracting candidates, but that's exactly what's unfolded here over the last few weeks. Another name we can add to the mix, as I wrote today, Josh Burns, former Red Sox Lieutenant. Um, He's working with the Dodgers as one of the top assistants to Andrew Friedman and has been for some time used to be the GM of the Diamondbacks and Padres there have been at least internal discussions about bringing him in for an interview. Unclear if that has happened yet. We've been able to, we have not been able to confirm that, but that's a name in the mix as well. Um, again, we, uh, at this point, all we know is that Eddie Romero has interviewed. That's the official list of who's interviewed and who's not. But um, let's just say a lot of the names out there that we've heard of speculative candidates, they're saying no. We'll change gears here uh, because the Red Sox did make news earlier in the week. Um, we referenced this on the last podcast, but this was something that um, broke and I think was a significant news day on Monday. News breaking the Red Sox letting go of two full or two longtime coaches, excuse me, pitching coach Dave Bush after four seasons, third base and infield coach Carlos Fables. He's been there 
in a variety of, or, of roles with the organization since 2007. Um, and he is an original member of Alex Cora's staff and a very, very close friend of Cora, which as I referenced the other day is one of the most interesting aspects of this. Um, you know, Dave Bush said in an interview with me on Monday, not super surprised because performance was what performance was. The pitching staff wasn't great. They were guys that took a step forward. There were guys that took a step back. Um, you know, with Fayblaze, I think that one was a little bit more of a surprise just because he was so close to Cora, as I said, and had been, you know, around some of these key pieces like Devers forever in the minors and in the majors. Um, my takeaways are they're serious about change, the Fayblaze thing. I think kind of confirmed that, you know, Cora um, had to take a business-like approach. Hey, we're friends. We're really tight, but, you know, we need somebody better coaching the infield here. Um, and speaks to the power Cora has, I think, in my mind, because he was the one that was able to make the call on these coaches along with Sam Kennedy in the front office. They weren't waiting necessarily for the new GM or president of baseball operations to be in the mix. I mean, that that stands out to me. I'm not sure if those are kind of the big themes you see with this too yeah I, I guess we're not terribly surprised as you hinted at that dave bush was dismissed because the team has had a, a staff era of around four or five in each of the last two years to go along with last place finishes which were often the result of poor pitching and while uh dave bush might have done a nice job with some of the younger pitchers and bringing guys like winkowski forward and getting good work out of Brian Bayo and some others, other guys have stalled. And as he himself acknowledged and recognized, and you pointed out, it is about results. I think we were both a little surprised about Carlos Fedless because of the relationship that we know he had with Alex Cora. And we should point out and emphasize that this is not about getting runners thrown out at home plate as the third base coach. It's more a reflection of... Um, of his duties as a infield instructor and the fact that Raphael Devers seemed to regress this year after making some progress in 2022 and just some generally sloppy play in the infield, which was a contributing factor to their struggles on the field um, and a decision that, you know, they had to go in another direction, whether Andy Fox gets that job and becomes third base coach and infield instructor. He too has worked with some of the infielders in the past uh, whether there's going to be any other changes. It would seem not. We were told that uh, this is likely the coaching staff that's uh, that's going to return. I suppose that could always change when a new baseball ops head comes in. But given the power structure and what we know, it seems like anybody who's on the staff now is going to retain that job. But two pretty significant openings, a third base coach, uh, maybe less so, but a pitching coach is one of your two primary uh coaching positions along with the hitting coach and it'll be interesting to see where they turn there and and where they look I don't think that's going to come from any internal candidates I would think they would want more of a high profile guy who's had some success in that role elsewhere could open up a number of possibilities we see lateral movement among different organizations with uh, coaching staff members all the time so there's time to get that done but something of a surprise that Bless was part of the was in the firing line here. Yeah, I think that the big thing with the pitching coach hire is someone with a new philosophy, someone who's going to come in and, and make a difference. You know, they promoted Daniel Vanji had been a guy who was with the organization for a long time. 
Um, after him, Dave Bush was a guy who was in the organization running the minors, um, the pitching development in the minors. I bet they go and get someone, maybe one of those veteran pitching coaches. I know, you know, some of the most famous ones are with teams that are very successful right now. Brent Strom in Arizona, Mike Maddox in Texas. Um, those types of guys are probably not available, but they probably want, you know, kind of one of these high paid established veteran pitching coaches who's been around because they have not had that in a while and, and someone can come in and make a difference with a fresh set of eyes. But, and, and to further that point, if there were going to be any internal promotions, you would initially look to AAA where, where Paul Abbott had been the pitching coach, but he was let go as part of that purge that took place earlier in the week. So that's one logical internal candidate who is now off the list because he's out of the organization. Right. And that, I think, was a little bit of a surprise, too. But the Red Sox are serious about change. Uh, it's a not our longest Fenway rundown ever. I think that was Tuesday. So we'll cut it there. As always, lots of updates, lots of news on MassLive.com as we can continue digging into the GM search, the pitching coach search, and eventually free agency. But for now, that's been the Fenway rundown. This has been the Fenway rundown, brought to you by MassLive.